Hello and welcome to What Is This Music, a podcast about the mysteries of musical taste, why we love the music we love and hate what we hate. My name is Malcolm Fraser. A number of years ago, my wife Stacy and I made a documentary about the New York City-based singer Gordon Thomas, and in the course of making the film, we came across a radio station called WFMU. It's a listener-supported, free-form station based out of Jersey City, New Jersey, that's been on the air for around 50 years, and it's kind of an amazing cultural phenomenon, in my opinion. More recently, semi-recently, I don't know, because time has totally collapsed on itself, I discovered a show on Friday nights called Dance With Me Stanley that plays mostly polka music, a genre that I really wasn't expecting to hear on a sort of cool station like WFMU. Uh, I ended up listening to it each Friday night, just became kind of fascinated with it, and I realized I had to speak to the host, DJ Stashu. She joins me on this week's episode. So, uh, DJ Stashu, welcome to the show. Thank you. Thank you, Malcolm. Um, so you're the host of Dance With Me Stanley on WFMU. That's right. And uh, and how long did you say you, you've been doing the show for? Well, I celebrated my, what was it, 394th episode the other day, which brought me to find that I am now a host of the show for eight years. That's cool. Yep. Uh, but it, it wasn't always on Friday nights. No, right? no. It started... You have a pretty primo time slot. Yeah, it happened uh, three years ago, three and a half years ago, something like that. And I started out as an overnight DJ, kind of carving out, you know, what what is music, which is kind of what we're talking about now. That's a, the name of your uh-huh. podcast is what not what is music, but what is this music, right? Yes, yeah, it's kind of meant to, to be, you know, a similar similar question yeah it's an interesting question because I did ask myself that there was a point in my life where I wasn't thinking about genre I wasn't thinking about the names of the people in these bands I wasn't even thinking about what they looked like or where they came from geographically I was thinking about the mood that they were giving me and what a perfect place it is to have a three-hour overnight show where no one's really listening like yeah WFMU has quite a big listenership so there's 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 an audience there, but what's nice about the audience there is that they'll help guide you or they'll uh, give you recommendations or something just moves you when you're there to learn a little bit more, to kind of give music respect, okay. you know? So it kind of, yeah. it sets you in a good direction. And, and what happened in my case is I stuck with it and kind of tapped into... Uh, something that really moves me. And that's really essentially what music does for everyone is it it moves them. And sometimes they literally move, like yeah. dance move. So um, can, you t- can you tell me a little bit more about, was that like an epiphany or just a process? A little bit of both, because I wasn't expecting an epiphany. I guess that's the epitome of epiphany, is that you don't really expect the epiphany. Uh, it's like expecting a chocolate cake to appear. You just, it won't, you have to like make that happen. Um, Uh 
I wish a chocolate cake would appear. Um, no, but it was a process. It was a process of, of talking with people about the types of things that strike you. And what it comes down to is people recommending like a band that you've never heard of and listening to the entire album and giving that album that time. Mm -hmm. uh, and one day I was at a thrift store and they had a bin full of records. I just pulled them out because I thought that they were very funny and they were all polka albums, but they had okay. such incredible record uh, art. Mm -hmm. The photographs were ridiculous, like some girl in a big poofy skirt with a ridiculously happy smile and I couldn't pass it up. I didn't even know what it had on it. I just thought this is going to be a great gift for Joe Magasco because he's Polish. Okay. So I, or part Polish, and I thought it would be a funny gift. And, yeah. um, and I handed it to him and he said, no, I think you'll actually really like these. <laughs> so that was the beginning of your, of your love affair with polka music? It woke something up because I was born in the United States in 1985. That's the same year that my parents came from Poland. Okay. to the metro Detroit area, which was one of the enclaves, uh, Polish enclaves or Eastern European immigrant enclaves or immigrant enclaves in general. Mm -hmm. uh, one of them was in Hamtramck, which is central, centrally located inside of Detroit. That's where my parents came to because that's where a friend said to my dad, I can get you a job there. You know, we, we've all, well, we haven't all been there, but say you go to a new city, it's great to have a friend say, hey, I can get you a job at this cafe. It'll hold you over, sure. you know? That's what I'm thinking happened. And so growing up in that, I didn't realize that the music that I was listening to, and uh, because in the Polish culture, the uh, Catholic church is very important. So they would have mm -hmm. picnics and at these picnics, they would have bands. But to me, it was just a band. I never connected that it was polka music. I didn't know that. I okay. just liked dancing with my dad, you know, like okay. stepping on his feet and he was like twirling me around. And so, so I had immediately a good memory connected to this kind of music. So when I, when I played those albums and I heard it, I was like, this reminds me of my childhood. Okay. So, so like you grew up with it, but never consciously of like knowing what it was. Never thought about genre. Never even, um, never really even, because I'm not a musician per se. I have a lot of musicians in my life. My partner is a musician. So I see the process of music. I see music being made. I understand how it's made. I don't think everybody in this world makes that connection that a flute is being played like this and your fingers are moving like this or a guitar is being strummed. Like I, I think that concept is there, but you're not thinking about what that person is going through, the, the sweat that's going into it, the, the love, the emotion that's going into it. Like these people are playing at an event and trying to make people happy and trying to make people dance. Like that's their mm -hmm. goal to entertain. So it's very beautiful, that process. And um, I never thought about genre in that sense because I didn't know that we're giving this a name. I didn't know that we're, right, we're right. saying this is rock and roll or this is polka or this is kids music or this is, you know, it's, but it's everybody's music. 
you can hear it. Uh -huh. it your, your ears don't like shut these gates when they say, oh, you can't listen to this music because it's not your music. It's like, mm -hmm. no, it's mm -hmm. there for everybody. It's a very interesting language in that sense. For sure. So um, tell me about like what happened in between this discovery and then like having a whole radio show that's just devoted to polka. Or not exclusively, but that's mainly devoted to polka. Well, it's centered around its mood, I would say. I wouldn't say it's centrally focused on the genre itself. I was having trouble keeping up with the overnight slot. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I'm a volunteer there, but I still was giving my two weeks, quote unquote. Mm -hmm. Like, hey, I don't know if I can do this anymore. I want to be a good person and give you as much time as you need to find somebody. Because it's not an easy slot to no. fill. No. You know, New York City, New, New Jersey, that area, if you're not from that town, or even if you are from that town, it's hard to get by if you're not working, you know, you gotta, no you gotta pay your rent. <laughs> so yeah, I was basically giving my two weeks and I must have caught them at the right time because they were saying like, okay, well, we're actually looking for a new show. Maybe you would like to do an hour show. Do you have any ideas? And I said, well, uh, let me think about this. It wasn't like an immediate yes uh, or no. It was just kind of like, well, what can we do to sort of figure this out? Like, what, what could we do? And I'm looking at my old playlist and looking at the type of music that I gravitate toward. Cause I was thinking, well, if it's going to be something that is going to be an hour condensed, let's let it be something that is kind of a pattern. And what I see that I've done over the course of what, at that point it was like three and a half years, you know, I thought that was mm -hmm. good enough Petri dish to see where my musical tastes deviate toward. Okay. And I was really, um, and still am, very entranced by a show called Trans Pacific Sound Paradise with Rob Weisberg. Yes, I, I listen to it uh, every Saturday. <laughs> he's my idol, to say the very least. One of my idols. Uh, he's also a friend. I'm, I'm glad to say, or I'm, I'm proud to say, or call him a friend too, because uh, you spend so much time somewhere, you really get to know the people around you, mm -hmm. and just you know, little niceties and kindness that you share with each other, um, whether that's like sharing a band. A lot of the times at FMU, it's about sharing music. It's about mm -hmm. um, opening people up to things that they didn't know before through music. And yeah. Rob certainly did that for me. He offered me a, a fill-in for his show, and he said, well, why don't you do your version of my show? Okay. And I was like, oh, yeah, because I was like, I like, I was always loving the polka music that he was playing. He I, he gave he got me tickets to Golden Fest, which is this massive folk music festival in Brooklyn. That's like off the hook, like mm -hmm. get your dancing shoes on. If you don't have dancing shoes on, suddenly your shoes turn into dancing shoes. Like you you just you see people playing accordion, you see people from Greece, you see people from Lithuania, you see people from Romania, you see people, you know, from all these Eastern European countries mm -hmm. really digging into that folk music. And I was like, oh, it's folk music that moves me because folk music is kind of at the root of all music. Mm -hmm. You know, if we're not just talking Eastern European, like I'm trying to, to see it, like all music from all around the world, one of its goals is 
get people to dance. And I think that's such an interesting thing that music has the power to do. Even if you're immobile, you still yeah. like can get the feeling of like you want to dance or something. It's like this rage inside sure. of people. Yeah. Um, but it's an innocent rage. It's like dancing is so innocent. Uh-huh. I mean... Well, not if you're watching Dirty Dancing, but that's another story. Um, yeah, it's a, there's you know different different versions, but yeah, yeah, yeah. But um, so that's kind of how it happened. I got this fill-in. The fill-in was called um, "Dance Around the World in Forty Days" or something like that. So, like, what I named the show, or okay. f- and uh, and the idea was like, what what can I do to make this fill-in? the most energetic as possible and I just dug into the most energetic dance songs that I love like I love dance music I you know coming from the eastern european thing again Mm -hmm. I was really into disco polo which is very different from italo disco it's a lot cheesier and it's a lot worse and it's horribly produced but it still makes you want to dance and it's very much rooted in polka music so there was a little bit of disco polo in there just like goofy it's just goofy Uh but these people that create this music they're not goofy they're serious about making music just like any musician yeah yeah so i respect that about them even though might be looked at as goofy but there's still something beautiful about goofy you know it's still yeah for sure so that's how it segued into this one hour show for the first year or so or maybe for the first semester because it's not really a year um i was like well i hope this holds up you know i hope this holds up i hope i have enough material you know how much tuba music can i find how many renditions of roll out the barrel can people bear uh but that question has been slowly answered it's infinite it's it's a bottomless barrel roll out yeah. the barrel bottomless <laughs> barrel it really is and so it goes for every genre every all music it's just bottomless yeah. and it keeps being created more keeps being created in fact thank you for to you and the family world provider band uh, uh- well, uh, you know, thank you. So for our listeners who may not be aware, uh, Stashu recently had a homemade polka contest on her show. And uh, since I happen to be spending a whole lot of time around the house, uh, like many of us, I just decided, you know, why not uh, submit something? But this time it wasn't with my traditional project, The World Provider. It was with The World Provider Family Band. So my six-year-old it. son uh, created the, 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 the track uh, on, on the uh, Yamaha PSR 72 keyboard and then we uh laid some tracks over it anyway it was fun fun to do i love it i love I like it so much the, pre- the polka preset like having the opportunity to use that preset <laughs> on the on the psr 72 i'm glad you got to get give and it i got love. out my accordion because after we did the track i was like okay this is like barely like a polka like per se and i needed to like throw something on it to make it a little bit more, give it a little bit more form. So we came up with a little melody and then I laid down some accordion over it. It was, it was fun. It's a very uh, physical instrument. Like it's actually hard to play like physically hard. Yeah. Um, I, I pretend my way through it all the time. Yeah. Um, I enjoy your show so much because, you know, it, it, I, I've been a long time listener of uh, 
sophisticated boom boom with Sheila B, which is uh, on Friday I afternoons from three till six. And yeah. I'm almost always like in the middle of making dinner when six o'clock happens. And so like whatever was on, <laughs> I kind of like my hands are full and I can't like I can't really couldn't really change the channel if I wanted to. <laughs> and so like I I remember there used to be a, a, a talk, like a chat show on before for a number. Of yeah, years. shut up, weirdo. And then I was so I'm so I'm like making making dinner and I was like, what? I guess, you know, I, I find myself accidentally saying the, sh the name of this show sometimes, but I was just like, what is this music that's playing? Like, and I was like, wait, it's a it's polka? Like, playing a polka show? And I was like, you know, I, at first, like, you know, maybe it was a blessing that I couldn't, like, that my fans were too covered in food to change the channel because, like, I might have been like, I don't feel like listening to polka, but then <laughs> because I, by force of it being on every Friday and, and me always being like having my hands full or covered in food i found that was part like, of my secret plan <laughs> well that's why that time slot is so good um but yeah so i i i started finding myself actually enjoying listening to uh, to this the show a lot like as you say like there's a bit of a stumbling block even for someone like me who likes a lot of uh fun music goofy music cheap sounding music and uh, uh you know weird obscure music in general there was a bit of like a like I, said, like I said a stumbling block to get over because i was just like polka like who wants to hear that but then now now i feel like after after like a fair amount of exposure now i always look forward to hearing the show um, <laughs> and um and of course you don't only play polka on the show i remember a few weeks ago you played uh, echo beach by uh, martha and the muffins which is for a canadian like very like anytime Americans like play Canadian music on uh, on their show, you always feel this like little tinge of pride or something. And then I remember on the comment board, someone was like, "Martha and the Muffins is is a polka," and someone replied like, "Hey, if Stashu plays it on the show, then it's a polka." <laughs> and I thought that's a kind of I don't know if that's your philosophy, but I like that as a. It as very a much is. It's rooted in in you know what what we were saying before is that it's it it kind of originates from that uh love of dance mm -hmm. dance you know dance like where is it all actually rooted you know where did it all come from well i did a little bit of research like i was saying and uh i was curious because you you mean you you talked about poland and eastern europe and if i had been asked i would have said that polka was probably Polish music initially, but apparently it's Czech. Czech, uh, yeah. Initially, yeah. But, I mean, you know, it's just a style of dance. I mean, right. it's a style of it's it's either two two or two four or you know, but you can go in so many directions. with and then waltzes, then you know, there's waltzes and Scottishes, which I'm still not exactly sure what the heck that is. Well, it's kind of a combo of a waltz and a polka. It's like fast and mm -hmm. happy, and then a little bit sad. Um, yeah. You got dirges. You've got what? What the um, in Jewish culture? There's the um, klezmer music. There's yeah. you know, it's just, it's all over the map. It's just again, it's names, it's genres. But um, back yeah. to what you were just saying. My by the way, thank you so much. Um, you guys, you're awfully sweet. Thank you. <laughs> uh, honestly, like, but it's not the first time that I've heard this. This not verbatim what you said but this kind of story, and I don't mean to put 
my boyfriend on the spot here, but it's kind of how, it's not exactly how we met, but the short of the long is, uh, it's, it's, it was one of the things that struck him as a musician too, is that he found himself enjoying and bopping his head to, to polka. And he's like, ah, FMU always does this, you know, but then, um, finding himself enjoying that. So that was one of the things we were able to, to talk about, you know, yeah, that's and, cool. Uh, yeah. Um, so yeah, the um, when you say like I know you were paraphrasing what what your boyfriend had said, but what, when you said FMU always does this, are you thinking of just like playing weird music that that like? I think part of it. Well, I'm sorry. Go ahead and finish no, no, your question. I, I, I mean, it was I, a totally unfinished thought. I was just okay, curious what... I'll go with I'll go with it. So so FMU, yeah, weird music. Um, but not just that. When you're curating something, it's out of love or appreciation. You want to, as a host, you know, as a host, you want to show somebody something with love. A good host provides with love, mm-hmm. right? Uh, with caring, like wanting to teach, but not like shove it down your throat. Like you yeah. want to take a look at this you like it okay here you go like right. you know and and here well at fmu or say djs in general or record collectors in general have large libraries mm-hmm. and and you have that library because you love it you want to go through it and you find something that maybe you're not going to necessarily find on Spotify. I mean, we have so many ways to consume now, you know. Mm-hmm. It's all, and there are so many curators out in this world, it's all about who you connect with, right? And FMU has had this circle for of uh, people for over 50 years now. Yeah. And so they have a very um, long-standing culture or history musically. They're connected into so many different kinds of bands and influential musical people daniel johnston for instance comes to mind there's a connection there mm-hmm. um i knew about daniel johnston before i even knew what wfmu was because i grew up in detroit so i was just like wow this is really mesmerizing that this man who's down in his basement is making this beautiful music it made me feel like i who is not a musician i could make music too that's what it made me feel like like it's okay to feel that way or it's okay to make it in your bed it doesn't have to be released it doesn't have to be or maybe someday someone will find it and they'll like it you know yeah. or maybe they won't you know like the, yeah yeah but yeah. it's about like preserving that and preserving that that it's kindness it's like a preserving kindness it's like you're um taking little things that have been that could easily be discarded, but instead they're not. And instead they're presented and sometimes become so popular again, get reissued or, you know, you know. Have you ever heard of Gordon Thomas? I haven't. Okay. I'll send you a link because um, I I won't talk about this too much because it's totally off topic, but he's a guy from New York where he was a guy. He's passed away now, but he he recorded and self-released a a whole bunch of records um, over the years. And, uh, well, my wife and I made a documentary, which started off as like, because we had heard the music and we were like, whoa, what is this? This is so crazy. So we started doing this documentary. Long story short, we ended up finding him. So it turned into a story about him and his life and music. But one of wow. our big, like, when we started researching him, the only place that like we found any 
info was on the WFMU, uh, you know, archives. So then wow. when we, uh, we would, we would come down to New York on our research trips, we would, we would like talk to a few, to a couple of people there. Um, and that's how we came to know the, the station, I guess, is, uh, is, um, the, the purpose of me bringing that up. But also I thought of Gordon when you said that, because he was a guy who literally was putting out his own records from the sixties to the two thousands, um, without anybody really like with ever, without ever breaking through to a bigger audience, but somehow some people, uh, who happened to be WFMU DJs, like discovered the, the music and like got it out there so that it was one step in this kind of process of him getting eventually reaching a slightly bigger audience through our yeah. documentary and stuff. Well, it's a beautiful thing. It reminds me of, of Weird Al, you know, WFMU, WFMU is not the only place or these are not the only people that, that have the power to do this, but someone like Do- Dr. Demento, who mm-hmm. is a music historian, which I, I saw that you were speaking with someone. Um, I'm digressing a little bit, but they had someone on your show that's, happens. that loves, you know, Weird Al. Um, I, too, love love Weird Al. And no, he's not related to Frankie Yankovic, which is crazy. I know. Um, that's strange, isn't it? It's so weird. Yeah. But I knew that. But I had to read it to believe it. And yeah. I did. He wrote it in his biography. Um, but... Uh, yeah, so Dr. Demento was picking up all this stuff that he just thought was novelty and cool. Like, he's he's such a specific kind of person. Mm-hmm. I had the pleasure and joy of, of being able to speak to him. Thank you to WFMU. I am not worthy. And, uh, uh, and you know, just knowing that he's a person that kind of lifted Weird Al up and said, yeah. I like your music. I'm going to play it on my show. And what that can do for someone, you know. Yeah. I mean, I know Weird Al is a particular success story. But, yeah. but I mean, it's just a sweet, kind gesture to say, hey, man, you're this is great. This is good. Like, you know, for you sure. don't have to be some big music star. You don't have to have some great fancy equipment. Although I understand the, the, um, the value to all of that as well. I do respect that okay so yeah you play uh you're talking about weird al you place i have noticed that you play some novelty music on the show sometimes too which i always enjoy because i was a big dr demento fan uh back in in the day are you a fan of of uh of that kind of music or do you just kind of like discover what comes along and see if it fits well my collection in that section actually has been growing uh i have a novelty section now i didn't know that that's what it was a long time ago and I didn't think about genre and place and time and all this stuff you know Mm -hmm. but when I um when I was growing up here in Detroit there's a band that people really like called ICP I don't mean to talk about ICP but for some reason it got clumped in with the kids that were listening to ICP happened to be my friends because they were the weirdest ones in school and everyone else was quite plain. So I preferred the ones with like green hair, even if they were kind of scary. Uh, yeah, and like, yeah, cause the logo for ICP is like this guy running with a hatchet and I'm like, Oh, that's not right. really my thing. But the one girl that I got to know also really liked Dr. Demento and she had all the comps and oh, yeah. you know, I'm a blonde. Yeah. 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 Cause I'm a blonde, yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh yeah, I remember that one too. Have you ever heard the punk polka? Um, I think so. I, I should say yes, right? Doctor Demento comps. Oh, cool. But I, 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 I thought that you would probably enjoy it. 
You'll, you'll have to send it along. I'm almost embarrassed to say that I don't know if I've heard it, but maybe I have. Well, you know, I, I, and I in turn feel honored that I've stumped <laughs> you, an expert. Hey, oh, <laughs> uh, no, no expert at all. Always learning, always learning yeah. for sure. That's I, one of the best things in life. It keeps one energized, I think, when you get sure. something new I, I into, feel the same into way. your world. And I think that, uh, you know, like there's kind of like a funny etymological thing there of like novelty music like what does that mean like at the end of the day novelty just means new right right like it has a bad rap as a as a genre but i think the novelty section in my record collection is probably the biggest one i don't know if that's a if that's good maybe my whole record collection should be called novelty but but no but it has its it has its place it's funny because there's novelty in in different cultures as well across the world you know there's i sometimes don't know that i'm listening to a novelty record until i do a little bit more research on it um sure, like ones from mexico yeah i didn't know actually one time i played one that was quite questionable and i'm like oh oh it's because i don't speak spanish right and i should be more careful you know um, it's true. Well, I mean, I suppose that's true. But how can you, you know, if you're playing international music, you're bound to run into some, some of that issue at times. Yeah. It's hard I don't know. to keep track of, uh, you know, who's questionable in English sometimes without getting, with getting into languages that you don't even speak. Well, I'm still stumped by one, one day I was listening to, it's just some, radio station local radio station uh like some like aren't it was it was all pop music right mm-hmm. that shaggy song about like the bathroom floor like yeah. the stuff and, I, and they played it like several times throughout the day and i'm like how is this okay fcc you're you're bluffing the fcc <laughs> yeah. is bluffing hardcore uh yeah. well that's know. true and i i remember that too when that song came out but then even, you know, I don't dislike the song. I just I was just like scratching my head. Yeah. yeah. Well, I mean, yeah, that's a whole it's a that's a whole funny thing. It's again, I, I suppose kind of off topic. But like whenever I go down to, to New York, uh, which unfortunately I haven't been in a while, but I always listen to I always flip around between WFMU and uh, Hot 97, <laughs> you know, the hip hop show, because um, like just being being from here like you know you think of culture and music as being pretty globalized at this point but i think that new york is still a place where like you'll hear a, a song first before it becomes a big hit everywhere else um and uh, anyway so i i used to you know when we were doing the documentary we were down there quite often and uh it was probably the last time that i was like you know ahead of everybody else as far as like hip-hop music because i would hear it there but um or everybody else in 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 uh, montreal at least but uh i think where i was going with that was just that um there's some songs that have like so, so many swear words but they then they get um bleeped out or blanked out and that's just one big bleep yeah and then yeah at a certain point it just becomes this kind of like abstract sound poetry because you can't <laughs> understand anything that's being said because half of the words are being are being blanked out. i commend i commend billy jam who's on after dance with me stanley presently uh-huh. um i commend him for the work that he does he does quite a bit of editing 
I bet. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I guess you have to because some songs have the radio edits and sometimes you have to go and uh, put them in yourself. Yeah, yeah. But Billy Jam's a, a genius. I don't I, I don't doubt his abilities. But sometimes I'll hear something slip through. I'm like, ooh. You know, it's so strange because like, you know, not to get into, into this whole kind of thing, but like I always thought, like I, I really, I'm a, I'm Canadian, but I, I, I love the, uh, the USA. And whenever I have been down there, like I was down there as a tour manager for some other artists um, quite a number of years ago now. And like they had to, they had to uh, censor their songs when they were playing on a college radio station. And I was like, well, I thought this was the land of the free and the home of the brave. Like what's up with all this censorship? Yeah. Especially now too. It seems kind of moot. Yeah, yeah. You know, like everything's so out in the open and accessible, but we might be saying that from a, a, a standpoint because we're connected to the internet. We have the internet. Mm -hmm. But as we saw now after, uh, not even after, I know we're still in a pandemic, but during mm -hmm. the height of everything, seeing that there are children out there that don't have a laptop. Yeah, yeah, of course. It's not that I we didn't know that. It's not that I didn't know that, but that it was written. It's, it's easy to forget that. In, yeah, it's very in easy a super to forget that in moment. There were some kids from Rajasthan uh, that came to FMU some years ago. I really enjoyed the the music that they brought to Monty Hall, and they come from this culture of just art making and beautiful music making. I don't know if you've heard of Rajasthani music. I totally recommend it. It's I mean, amazing. It'll make you dance. Cool. And uh, the kids there have the school where they like have an Instagram and they share, like collectively they share on mm. this Instagram, the yeah. work that they're doing now, like collectively. Right, right. Like they use one phone. Okay, yeah. To share with the world, like what the whole class is doing. Wow. I know. And it reminded me, I'm like, wow, well, I'm so glad that they do. And I follow the heck out of that particular uh, Instagram account, you know. Cool. Because it is it is one example of, like, we're not using the internet right, but here's an example of using it right, or at least in my opinion. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I see what you're saying. Another thing that FMU has given to me as a person is an education that I would not be able to receive at a college or through any school because it was real life experience. You can go to any public speaking courses or whatever, but it won't give you the same uh, experience that if you're just just put up onto a stage and told to be yourself and see what happens. Mm -hmm. um, that is what made me feel like I could even do an event or like maybe I could even DJ at, at a venue. Mm -hmm. I have friends that do that all the time, but as much as I might seem outgoing on my radio show, there's a part of me from when I was a child that likes to sneak up on me all the time, like little Miss Shy Pants, you sure. know, like, ah, like people freak me out or everyone's going to hate me or uh, how do I make sure that I can let people know that everybody's getting the same amount of attention? Yeah, yeah, of course. When you're doing radio or anything from like behind a desk, you can sort of like put that all out of your mind and control yeah. the vibe that you're 
if, if you're doing it in a venue, you're like at the mercy of people. And like, I've only done a few of those live DJ events and I did one for a friend's wedding. And like, it was very stressful. Like people were coming over oh, yeah. and like, like not just making requests, but kind of like aggressively making requests. And like, I did one wedding and I was like, I'm never doing it again. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> However, I say that, but you have to go through those grueling experiences to, of course you can do it again. Yeah, it's stressful, but life is stressful. Yes, well, that's for sure. Yeah, it's true. It's like running a gauntlet. Um, yeah. And once you've done it, you can, you could, in theory, choose to do it again. You could, you could. It gives you some chops. It gives you something in your tool belt that you can decide to use or not. Um, I think it's good to use it. I don't know. That's sure. the part of that is because I have always wondered what it was that that I love and what and really listening to what what is that and asking the right questions and meeting the right people is so essential to that. Yeah. Well, that brings me back to um one question that I wanted to follow up on from something you said earlier, which is like you said that when you started DJing, you were trying to answer the question of like what is music? And do you think that you've like come any closer to an answer since then? Hmm. It is a language. I know that. But it's not like any particular language, like one that you speak, mm -hmm. although it has to do with singing. So already I'm bumping around for an answer so the answer is no, I don't know the answer, but I have feelings or notions of what what it is and what it means. And I do, well, I do mean to get cheesy here. It's a unifying thing because it's um, something that doesn't belong to any one person mm -hmm. and can be shared in different ways. You don't have to be cerebral about it, or you can be. Um, you don't have to be... Uh, you don't even have to be a musician to enjoy. Mm -hmm. Well, sure. I mean, most people who listen to music are not musicians. True. Uh, actually, musicians, when they listen to music, I wonder if the experience is a little different. Uh, definitely. I mean, you, you, you said before about how, you know, people listen to music and don't think about um, what the person went through to do it. I think that, like, conversely musicians like for better or worse they often do get caught up in like thinking about what went into it from the mu the musicians i know anyway yeah and then but when you get down to the to the core of it it's nice to just enjoy it say like a like a food for instance like someone makes a wonderful chocolate cake back to chocolate cake uh, -huh. uh and they know all the ingredients and everything and they slaved over it and you know and then they present it and everybody just gobbles it up and they don't care they don't care about the fancy chocolate that was put into the chocolate cake they just eat it yep and and what and the person that put so much care into the making of it just all they can do is stand there yeah yeah um so what are you still discovering things about about the uh the polka genre as you uh eight years deep into your show yeah i would say that 
I'm finding it in very strange places. I find it a lot in films, maybe in the background, maybe it's never credited. Uh, I find little bits and pieces of it in songs. It's not entirely a polka, perhaps it's disjointed or it references mm -hmm. it. Uh, I find that a lot of what I'm looking for is within the folk traditions mm -hmm. all around the world. But it's going to take a lot more digging and it's going to take a lot more talking to people to find, to find more. I, I know it's like hiding out there in these little hiding yeah. spots, but I, I even presently have a record collection where I haven't listened to every single song. Sure, sure. A lot of these albums just have a really funny cover and maybe just one good song, in my opinion. But then my opinion changes and I'll go back and I'll think, why didn't I think this song was good before? That's, that's what's great about, you know, having, a, having music that you can go back to. Yeah, definitely. And or, or, or books or whatever. I think it's part of the collector mentality. Like, again, for better or worse, it's like, well, I can't get rid of this. What if I like, what if I'm missing like something? Record. What if I, yeah. Well, yeah. it goes back to the story that I told you about gifting these lovely, uh, this is one of the albums that I almost gifted to uh, Joe McGasco is okay. Stanky and the Pennsylvania coal miners. Okay. And I got to talk to Stanky. Oh, nice. And he, he clued me into well, he reminded me that we played this music at weddings. We played this music to just entertain the community. Yeah. He's like really flattered that I like it and everything. He's just kind of perplexed too. I was like, but to me, it just means something else in the way that it was recorded. And his wife made these cute little illustrations. Like, you so know. So when you say that it means something else to you, like, what is that? like beyond the entertainment value? I don't think that, I think he inadvertently, I think that the way that it was recorded sounds so rugged and raw and, and almost unprepared, but together, like they just banged it out and it sounds, it sounds energetic. It has a real human quality to it. Mm-hmm it's very much like what he was talking about. It's just wedding music. It's just music about work. It's music yeah. about drinking. It's about music about going home to your wife. Mm -hmm. You know, it's, or it's just, it's, it's just about life. You yeah. know, that's cool. Well, Stashu, I want to thank you for, uh, for the, the work you do and for I introducing me or reintroducing me uh, to this genre, which I honestly probably never would have thought of again if I hadn't accidentally uh, come across your show on the radio. Well, in 1986, it did get Grammy uh, Grammy category status. Yes, and in 2009, the status was revoked. <laughs> oh no! Just... <laughs> oh my God, my headphones <laughs> fell off. Um, <laughs> But maybe it'll come back. I actually spoke with a producer who produced the, an album for 
uh, Brave Combo, and they they got a Grammy. Okay. In that genre, but maybe it was before it was revoked. But it still exists. <laughs> yeah, it definitely does, and you you keep the flame alive. I'm trying. That's our show. Thank you for listening. You can catch uh, DJ Stashu's show, Dance With Me Stanley, on WFMU Friday evenings from 6 to 7 p.m. Uh, at WFMU.org, wherever you are. Um, you can also find her on social media, and you can find me, Malcolm Fraser, and all the appropriate social media. Um, if you like the show, please do give us a rating on Apple Podcasts, uh, subscribe on whatever your podcast provider is, and most importantly of all, uh, spread the word, tell a friend. Thank you very much for listening. See you next time.